0: Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Okay, hello again. Mike Cleveland here with my wife, Jody. We're going through Ephesians chapter five together, having a, a Bible study. I'm in San Francisco, about ready to start a trip tomorrow, and Jody's at our home. Hi again, Jody. So good to see you.
1: Hi. I love doing these with you. It's wonderful. And I'm so thankful that um, we get to share our time in the Word with other people. So thank you for listening.
0: Yes, and if anyone is listening and they have a question or they just want to share, maybe this podcast might even be a blessing to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Write in help helpdesk at settingcaptivesfree.com. We'd love to hear from you. Jody, we're going through Ephesians chapter 5 together. The previous podcast, we looked at verses 1 and 2, where we're shown right away the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And now we go to verse 3 and on, and verse 3 says, But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Um, We're told right here that sexual immorality, any kind of impurity is improper for us. It's against the Holy Spirit. It's against God's word and God's will and God's way. Uh, And, you know, we've lived in the past like this. It says all of you used to live this way in first Peter I'm talking about, um, as the Gentiles do in the lusts of their flesh, even as we have done. But now we turn from that. But notice the order. We receive the gospel first. We look at the cross and see Christ loving us unto death. And now we're told, don't live in impurity, don't live in immorality. Um, and why, if we think about this, Jody, it's improper for God's holy people. Why is it improper? What makes it improper for God's holy people?
1: Right, well, we talked about this a little bit in the previous podcast and and uh in right in the outset, um Paul had established our a new identity, right we have this new identity in Christ where God's beloved children we are um have been made pure and holy because Christ died on the cross, so that's why it's improper not not that um you know, uh, sexual immorality and covetousness and impurity of any kind. All of these things are wrong. Um, They're sinful, but they're especially wrong for God's people because God Christ died to make us clean. He, he, he died to wash away all the filth and to cleanse us. And so we're filled now with his spirit and his spirit, can't be immoral his spirit can't be coveting what somebody else has right
0: exactly right um what you just said reminds me of john chapter 2 where jesus cleansed the temple remember he made a whip out of cords and he drove you know all the impurity from the temple courts right Uh, and he said get these out of here stop turning my father's house into a market and he cleansed the temple Mm -hmm. Um, but something interesting, Jody, right after he cleansed the temple and they asked him, what uh, sign can you show to prove your authority? He said, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. Mm -hmm. Now they thought he was talking about the temple that they were in, that he just cleansed, but he's referring to the temple of his body. So he brings out the gospel there as if to say, I'm going to the cross, for the purpose of cleansing God's temple, Yes. moving people's sin, of taking that sin away from them. And that's how I'm going to cleanse the temple. On the third day, I'm going to rise again, having cleansed the temple. Right. And so we are a cleansed temple. So because of that, there's not to be even a hint of impurity. We aren't people who are uh, money changers and buying and selling and driving you know having the the animals running all through the temple with all their impurity right that 's not who we are we 've been cleansed, Jesus removed our sin, and so right. there shouldn't be even a hint of it um, and that 's uh, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ because like you said, the Holy Spirit living in us. He goes on to say there should be no obscenity, uh, obscenity, foul speech, foolish talk, coarse joking, um, which are out of place. Uh, So again, he's saying it's just not proper. It's out of place for us to even give a hint of sexual immorality or for there to be any talk whatsoever that's foolish or any obscenity. Or any coarse joking. And so believers don't have anything to do with that. What happens if you're in an environment, like I often am at work, where there's lots of coarse joking and foolish talking, where there's lots of hints of sexual immorality? What what, what do we do then?
1: Right. Well, um, you know, I think especially when you're talking um, in the secular world, uh, I think it's an opportunity um, to for the gospel always but sometimes maybe uh you can't come right out with your faith maybe you've been admonished or told oh you can't you know wear it like a badge you need to do that off campus or whatever and so what you can do is redirect the conversation to something and in fact he even gives it here in this verse he said and he says let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking which are out of place but instead let there be thanksgiving. And this is such a beautiful opportunity for us as Christians to redirect a conversation that is going, you know, in a direction that's uncomfortable to us, that is offensive to us and to our Lord. And we can redirect it to um, talking about things that we are thankful for or um, redirecting, even being Uh, looking as an opportunity to build up other employees for a job well done or, you know, things like that. There are a lot of different avenues that you can take. One is also to excuse yourself, you know, just go be about your business, whatever you've got to do. In your case, you can't escape. You're in the, you're in the cockpit and there's nowhere to go. Um, And so uh, what do you do?
0: Well, oftentimes I wish I had a parachute and I could jump out.
1: (laughs) Well, that's obviously not gonna work
0: <laughs> <laughs> because that's just the environment that I'm in often um but you know what you said is very true when you redirect it and speak of things you're thankful for, one of the things I really enjoy doing is to build up my coworker and say something like, "Man, that was a really uh nice, smooth approach, really nice landing. You were ahead of the airplane, you really." we uh, were thinking ahead and, and flying well. That was great. Now, a lot of times they'll say something like, you know, oh, you're just sucking up or oh, you're just, you know, and they're joking, but it does change the tone of the conversation from then on, you know? And so it, you're right to redirect, um, to speak of things we're thankful for, to always build uh, each other up. That's the only thing we speak is that which builds one another up. So, um, no coarse joking, no foolish talking, no obscenity, um, and then he says, "Why? For of this you can be sure: no immoral, impure, or greedy person—such a person is an idolater—has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God." Jody, this is such an important point. He he says that again in First Corinthians chapter uh, six. He he lists. A, a lot of impure behaviors, a lot of a lifestyle of impurity. and he says, Don't be deceived. right There's a real chance for deception if someone is is let's say doing pornography. Um, he's thinking maybe that it's not so bad, you know at least he hasn't actually cheated on his wife, he just does it when he's by himself as a relief and all those things. That's deception. And what the scriptures are very clear about is you live a life of deception and you have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So don't be deceived. Pray as as the psalmist did in Psalm 120 uh, when he prayed this, I call on the Lord in my distress and he answers me. Save me, Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. So he's praying against this deception that's in his own heart, that is in hearts of those he's seeing around him. Um, so we have to understand that any kind of impurity is also deception, which is why Paul says here, let no one deceive you. with In verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words. Jody, we've seen a lot, not only in our own lives 20-some years ago, of the deception that comes upon someone in bondage to impurity. We've also seen it in our ministry um, where we see pastors often, you know, who are preaching every week and yet they're in bondage to sexual immorality of some kind. And these are empty words because the character underneath is rotting away. It's being like a house being eaten by termites, right?
1: Yeah. Um, Verse six says, let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience and um, definitely empty words um, are not the words of the cross, right? They are not the words of life that Jesus spoke. They're just um, words that minimize sin. They are words that... (coughs) Make light of of um, immorality that they, they people it is people I should yeah, it has me um, it is very easy for us to minimize our sin and to convince ourselves that what we're doing isn't that bad and um, uh, and when we do that when we listen to um, empty words, we deceive ourselves and or we are being deceived by other people who are we are who are speaking empty words. And when that happens, we get caught in sin traps. Um And. Th- discipline awaits us, right, if we are true children of God, because immorality, foolish talk, um. Greed, coveting, idolatry of any kind is not becoming, it is not appropriate for someone who is a child of God, a beloved child of God, who is filled with the spirit of God, who the son of God died to save and cleanse and purify. And um, yeah, it is very un. Unco- it's very common, in fact, I would say everyone who comes setting captives free um at some point has been deceived with empty words and that's just what happens mike when we look away from the cross right when we stop listening to jesus and we start listening to either ourselves our flesh the world the devil we are going to end up trapped
0: so true And I think of first Corinthians 420 that says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. Yes. Um, And so, you know, when we are involved in impurity and we're using words, um, maybe we're using words to defend ourselves or to blame other people or to, um, you know, like I say, we have a lot of people who come who are preachers. Um, And so they're good talkers, right? But the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. It's a matter of transformation. The cross puts my old self to death. Uh, The cross um, circumcises my heart. It takes out my heart of stone and gives me a heart of flesh. It makes me new. And so we can tell that the kingdom of God is about spiritual transformation where I'm not the same person I was. When Jesus came and he healed the demoniac, you know, that man who was running around the tombs and cutting himself now was clothed and in his right mind and sitting at the feet of Jesus.
1: Right. It wasn't a
0: matter of talk. It was a matter of power.
1: Right. So here's a question for you, because I know that a lot of people um, ask this uh, when they come to setting captives free. And that is, um, it says here that the of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So, you know, if someone is involved with sexual immorality, or they are coveting, or they are greedy, or whatever, you know, any of these things that foolish talkers, filthy talkers, crude jokers, you know, whatever, they're doing any of these things. Is this mean that they are sons of disobedience? Is God's wrath on them?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. The intent of this passage, and you can see it in, right up there in verses one and two, is about how we walk. Yeah. Uh, it's not about a, a falling. It's not about a stumble. It's about the course of our lives, how we're moving forward in this world. And if we're walking in the lust of our flesh, in obscenity and sexual immorality, as a habit pattern of our life, if we are continually habitually falling to sexual impurity, to greed, to lust, to foolish talking and coarse joking and all of that, that's who we are. That's how we're living as a matter of habit. Then this applies to us, that we are, as it says in Ephesians 2 and verse 1, 1 to 4 actually, that we are objects of wrath. Um, and what needs to happen, Jody? And, and it was a really good question that you asked, because, you know, some people, if we stumble one time, if we fall to something, you know, we can start thinking, oh, no, I've lost my salvation, or I'm, I was never saved, or all those things come into our mind. Um, and it's actually a good question to have, because we want to make our calling and election sure. And, and what we want to ask ourselves is, have I been crucified with Christ? Has the cross put to death the world to me and me to the world? Now, we, can, we all stumble and we all fall. Every one of us stumbles in many ways, the Bible says. Right. But as a course of our life, believers are walking in the light, where if Jesus said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Again, walk in, uh, move forward in as a course of life. And so, um, I think that's how I would answer that. Uh, So, it's important to not be deceived with empty words, it says in verse 6. Because the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power to change your heart and change your life. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we are all being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, all who believe. So, verse 7 says, therefore, do not be partners with them. Um, we can't partner with people who are immoral or impure in any way. And verse 8 tells us why. Do you see that? You want to read verse 8 and 9?
1: For at one time you were darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light.
0: So there's your, your uh, you know, walking again as a habit pattern or living as children of light, think about it. You once were darkness. Um, and I lived, as you know, in the less of my flesh, in immorality, impurity, gluttony, drunkenness, so many aspects of the flesh. It's I once was darkness, not just that I walked in it. I was darkness. Darkness covered my soul, um, Jody. But Jesus went into the darkness on the cross. And he went there for the purpose of rescuing me out of darkness and to bring me into, to transfer me into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of light. And and now I'm to live that way, to walk that way, Um, live as children of light. Um, And what does the light consist of? If you look at verse nine there.
1: For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. The fruit of of light is, is the fruit of the spirit. It's, it's abiding in Jesus and everything that is good and right and true. I love it. That's so beautiful. And he says, um, I I love that just the transformation you can see that Jesus makes when we put our faith when we trust in the finished work of Jesus on the cross for us when we look to him and we walk with him we are children of the light and and we live in love and we do what is good and right and true we are thankful people instead of crude jokers we are pure and and kind people and compassionate people instead of immoral and coveting and 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 impure right this is what jesus does he transforms he renews he he just makes all things new he makes all things beautiful
0: yeah he does indeed he takes all the sin away from us yeah you know, and and as he takes that sin away where we have no more condemnation, no guilt, well, we live differently. We do. We were crucified with Christ. We have risen to new life, and now we're walking in the light, and, and this is because of the transaction that happened at the cross where the old you died, the old you that loved to sin to walk in darkness, the old me that craved and and uh, coveted, and was greedy, and obscene, and foolish talker died.
1: Yes.
0: Died with Christ. And we <laughs> rose on the third day into a new person with a new heart. And now we, we have a new walk. We walk in the light. We walk in truth. We walk in goodness. We walk in righteousness. Of course, we stumble. That's, that's a given. But you know
1: the more we walk in the light the less we stumble. You know, I I occasionally sometimes I'll I'll trip over something, you know, w- during the day, but I stumble at night. You know, because there's no light, right? It's dark. And um I think that there, that can be something encouraging as we grow deeper into Jesus, as, as our roots go, grow down deep in him, right? And into the gospel, we become more stable. We don't stumble nearly as much the, the, more, the, long, uh, the more that we walk in the light. And, you know, if, if someone is listening to us today, And they uh, are just coming out of any of these things, right? They they have listened to all the things they shouldn't be and are like, oh, no, that's me. You know, is there wrath for me? And we want to encourage them today that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so we're inviting you today to come into Christ Jesus. Maybe um, you're just caught in a sin trap and you need help out. There's help for you at the cross. Maybe you've never actually put your faith in Jesus Christ and you're realizing that right now. There is salvation for you in Jesus Christ. And maybe you just want to, you know actually experience the cross in your life and the power you want to have this fruit you want to know all that is good and right and true right what 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 would you say to that person Mike
0: I think verse 10 answers that question find out what pleases the Lord yeah the only way to find out is to read his word voraciously to, to read, to study, to seek the Lord. I would also say that as you read, always, always see the cross in the word. Yes. Because what that's going to do for you, the more you see the cross, the more freedom, the more purity, the more love, the more power you will experience. Yes. Um, because as you see Jesus dying in weakness, you get the power of the Holy Spirit. As you see him giving up his life, you receive that life. As you see him becoming poor on the cross, giving up everything he had, being stripped of all, it's to make you rich, to fill you, to make you complete in him. Everything that you see at the cross, you get the opposite of. And the effects of it are that you begin to live differently. It's almost as if by osmosis too, in some ways, where this transformation happens as you look at the cross. I think about the Israelites in the wilderness, if you remember that story when they were snake bitten and there was a solution for them. They're all dying of snake bite. They weren't told to turn inward and to do better and to try and avoid some the snakes in the future. And to, no, they were dying and they would have no, no future. They couldn't care less what it you know they were told to do because they were gonna die. But the solution was to turn and look at the uplifted pole, just turn and look, and they would live. And uh, Jesus used that as a picture of what it's like to be born again. Uh, Here we are dying with a snake bite of sin, and we turn to the cross, and we feel all the venom going out of us, Jesus taking on our sin, bearing our sin in his own body, literally becoming sin for us. As he dies on the cross, we receive his life, his holiness, his perfection, his light, and we just begin walking as he walked. It's it's an amazing thing to experience this kind of transforming power, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Well, I want to leave our listeners with a, uh, with a call to action here, Jody. Um, there, it says in verses 11, 12, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that's illuminated becomes a light. So if you're illuminated, you become a light to others. The mm. call to action is in verse 14. And it says, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And maybe somebody has heard these words today and they've been very convicted. They haven't maybe seen before, Jody, that they're living in deception. Uh, that they are listening to lies and believing lies. They're, they're engaged in pornography secretly or maybe living in sexual impurity and they see, I've just been a, a deception here. I've just been living in darkness and, and I thought I could talk real well and my words could, you know, justify me. And now they're exposed. And here's the instruction, wake up. You've been sleeping, wake up, uh, rise from the dead. Mm. Get up out of the tomb of sin. You've been flatlining spiritually. You've had a profession of faith in Christ, but you've been dead. And the word tells you, rise now. Just like Jesus said to Lazarus, come forth. The word comes to you today. Rise from the dead. And you know what you'll experience? The light of Christ, the light of the gospel, shining on you, purifying you, making you to be free from the sin that you are ensnared in. That's the call to action today. Do you have any final thoughts, Judy?
1: No, I just wanna say that it is one of the most wonderful things that we can experience is when Christ shines on us, when we experience the more of him, right? When we experience that life-giving love and that life-giving power uh, of his resurrection, uh, there's nothing better. Trust me, sin has got nothing on our, the Savior. Right? He's, he is just crushed it. And um, so, absolutely, I invite anybody um, who's listening who wants to experience more of Jesus uh, to to come and be a part of what we're doing at Setting Captives Free. Study with us and and um, fellowship with us around Jesus.
0: Jody, thank you for doing these Bible studies with me. They're so enjoyable. They really are. Thank you, honey. I
1: love you.
0: This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.